This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korshaw. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. It is Monday. We are back. And today is the day. Today is the day. You've been waiting for. Oh, my God. Yes. What is today? Today. Okay. We we are six months, November, December, January, February, March, April. Six months, five, five, five and change months (laughs) from the neonatal boards. So we're moving in to question mode, which I think is great if you're studying for the boards. I think it's great if you're still a ways away from studying for the boards, because then once you get to studying for the boards, you will like recognize the questions. So yeah, I'm feeling a little bit nervous. You're very excited and I'm feeling a little bit nervous. I've been the one getting drilled for the past year. (laughs) Yeah. I just had to ask you questions. So it was fine. Yeah. Now, now. Now you're I, on the hook. I was asking you questions after we reviewed material. Never on the there right topic, no though. There was no excuse. There was no excuse. It was never <laughs> on the right topic. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, this okay. is this is exciting. Do you have any tips for people who are like, let's say, just starting to sit down and really prepare for the boards? I would say. Um, don't let panic take over. Yeah. So sometimes you feel like, oh my God, I don't have enough time. I got to just get started on these questions. Take the time to review pulmonary medicine. Take the time to review mm-hmm. ID. Take the time to review GI and nutrition. The biggies. Like, yeah, review the biggies at the very least. And then no, there and then there's two, there are two kinds of questions in my opinion. There is drilling questions where I kind of, just want to make sure I get the answer correct. Yeah. And then there are study questions where I'm going to really pay attention to the answers and I'm going to read everything carefully, take notes maybe even on them. Um, so I think that's a very different approach of doing questions. So for me, um, the, I would do study questions, which means I would do 10 questions at a time. Then I would review the answers very carefully. And then I would redo the same questions and more of a drilling format where I knew I had read the, the, the answer mm-hmm. key. And then I would just do the questions over and over again. And sometimes I would try to highlight the ones that I got wrong. So redoing the wrong ones is also very helpful. So when did you start studying? Um, so it was, for people who don't remember, there was a, a thing called yeah, COVID-19. That's right. <laughs> so. I started, I, so it's interesting because I knew I was, I knew I need time. To, I'm a person that doesn't procrastinate for study. Yeah. I need to study. Yeah. When did you start studying the first time? Let's say when you thought the test was going to be in March I started studying of in 2020. May. I started studying in May. I was a fellow. I yeah. was like, you know, it's the last two years of fellowship, the last two months. Yeah. It's kind of laid back to be fair. I mean, I'm going to be very honest. My two, my last two months were laid back. So I started studying. Then I took my first job and I must say that from July until October, 
it was very hard to study. Yeah, I mean, we were slammed. We were slammed and we were short staffed as well. But then by October, I sort of like, all right, I emerged a little bit and I'm like, right, I got to start studying. So I picked up where I had left off and I studied from October to whatever, March. And then COVID hit. So they canceled. And I was like, that's great. I'm going to have more time to study. And, and then, then life got in the way. And then Brodsky and Martin then published their new books. New books. That's right. And I was like, shit. So then it's like, start from scratch again. So I started, I reread, I went through their book, their five volumes. So it was, almost felt like starting from scratch. And then the big problem that we had was that for a very long time, we, we didn't, didn't know, know when it yeah. was going to be. They were like, maybe June, maybe August. And so it's like, I, I, how am I supposed to do this? You, you did it, I think, the right way where you were like, I'll postpone for now and yeah. see. I was but like, I'm not playing this game. For It was in March. For the longest time, we thought it was going to be June. We thought mm -hmm. they're going to give it to us in June. And then in June, they sent out this email that said, we still don't have a date. And I'm like, ah, oh, shoot. And then people start talking and they're like, it looks like it's going to be August. And, and I think it was August. So, Gosh, it was really miserable. What's uh, awful. Oh my God. And the, okay, go ahead. And the problem is that I had arranged my schedule to have a few weeks yeah. of studying before the boards so that my schedule would be light. So I ended up finding myself with not many shifts. And then with COVID, so we were stuck at home. Uh, it was a mess. And then when it came time for me to take the boards actually in, in August, the schedule was already made. So I, I was able to get like two days before the boards to just review stuff and then go. Uh, okay. My, you probably scared some people though, because we are now five weeks, five months from the test. And I, my tip is for those people who are just now really sitting down to study, that's more of my style, <laughs> that they're going to be fine, but they really got to write themselves a schedule like today, yeah. tomorrow, sit down and write yourself a study schedule with some if you're a procrastinator, then you have to have some whoopsie days in there for when you're probably not. Some catch-up days, as they were. But it's not too late. Not all is lost. It's still plenty of time to get through really all the material and all the questions. But yeah. you got to write your schedule right, right this second. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Okay. All right. And so we'll, we'll be here doing questions. That's right. <laughs> All right, we're, we're just going to start at the beginning. We're, we just finished reviewing nutrition, and so we're going to do nutrition questions. Let's do it. Hold on. Let me okay. just... Uh, 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 yeah. Page... Uh, why don't I have page numbers? <laughs> uh, do they have page numbers? They don't have page numbers. They but have page numbers. You tell me which question you're doing, and then... I'm going to start in question one. You're going to get this question right. So it's fluid electrolytes, yeah, nutrition... It's, it's, Food, electrolytes, nutrition. Okay, so let me just uh, make sure I get it. All right. So you're asking me. Yeah. Perfect. Go ahead. Okay. All right. This is FEN and renal. <laughs> Question one. Which of the following vitamins is important for pulmonary epithelial growth and cellular differentiation? Is it A, biotin, B, thymine, C, vitamin A, D, vitamin C, or E, vitamin D? Um, so that's, um, you're hemming and howling, you know, the answer to this question. Mm -hmm. I do know the answer. <laughs> What's interesting though, I was going to make a comment is that it's not uncommon for them to 
purposefully give you some actual vitamins like vitamin A, C, and D, and then give you like thiamine, mm -hmm. which is vitamin B1, right? Mm -hmm. um, so just like we've said on the review uh, episode, you, you got to know the names. In this case, uh, pulmonary epithelial growth is vitamin A that I know. Um, so C. Yeah, C, which is vitamin A. <laughs> uh, vitamin A, also known as retinol, to your point about knowing their other names, is important for pulmonary epithelial growth and cellular differentiation. Vitamin A may play a role in the development of chronic lung disease. Deficiency of vitamin A can lead to photophobia, conjunctivitis, failure to thrive, generalized scaling, abnormal epiphyseal bone formation, and or abnormal tooth enamel. And I'm just going to go through the other answers since this is this is what questions are for. You're not going to get them all right, but you better review them if you didn't get them right. Um, so vitamin B1, thiamine, uh, this is associated uh, deficiency leads to beriberi, fatigue, irritability, constipation, cardiac failure. It is associated with pyruvate dehydrogenase complex deficiency and maple syrup urine disease. Vitamin B2, riboflavin, failure to thrive, photophobia, blurred vision, dermatitis, and mucositis associated with glutaric aciduria type 1. Vitamin B6, pyridoxine, um, dermatitis, mucositis, seizures, hypochromic anemia, and associated with homocystinuria. I like to pick out what's different between the vitamins. So in the B vitamins, you know, the one that's associated with anemia is B6, the pyridoxine. Pyridoxine, I actually think is easier to remember because we know all those pathways. Mm -hmm. Okay. Biotin deficiency associated with alopecia, dermatitis, scaling, seborrhea, associated with biotinidase deficiency, beta-methylcrotonylglycinuria, propionic acidemia, and pyruvate dehydrogenase complex deficiency. So biotin, I remembered, was associated with the most metabolic derangements. So if I didn't know the answer, I picked biotin. <laughs> Interestingly enough, people may not know this. Biotin is vitamin B7, I think. Yes. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Vitamin C, ascorbic acid. Uh, this is our uh, scurvy. So poor wound healing and bleeding gums associated with transient tyrosinemia. This is the only one I had a mnemonic for. Transient tyrosinemia, tangerines, vitamin huh. C, <laughs> citrus is how I remembered it. Um, and then vitamin D is associated, uh, deficiencies associated with rickets, failure to thrive, and possible tetany. Okay? Yeah. If you want some 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 mnemonics, I mean, vitamin yes. B, B1, uh, I think of the B as the B in beriberi, and I mm -hmm. think of the one as the I. So it's like vitamin B1 is beriberi. I think of a blueberry, which kind of looks like mm -hmm. stool if you were constipated. And if you actually look at a blueberry it's kind of very round dilated almost like if you had like a diseased heart so i remember cardiomyopathy and mm. uh, i don't like blueberries so it makes me irritable but anyway so <laughs> that's my personal <laughs> you don't like blueberries i don't like blueberries okay no no thiamine for ben <laughs> no uh, no thiamine and then um i remember um is there like such a thing as like, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but for the purpose of the test, it worked like the vitamin B2. Um, there's like the U S army has like a B2 bomber. I think that's like, 
is supposed to. I I remember something like this, and I that's how I went for the test. I remember that the U.S. Army has like a B two bomber that's supposed to be stealth, like it you can't see it. And uh. I was like, and I was like, oh, so it has to do with like vision, like photophobia, blurred vision, you know. Uh, and so that's how I remember the 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 B two. It doesn't help you with the derma, dermatitis and mucositis, but yeah. But I feel like most of them have dermatitis and mucositis, so I think yeah. that's helpful. I I'm it's coming back to me. I remember B two like seeing double blurry vision. Ah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's coming. That's back good. To me. <laughs> uh, did you have uh, one for B six? Uh, periodoxin. I remember from I did a lot of work on seizures, so I remember uh, mm-hmm. periodoxin, and we do this for like. Uh, the B6 challenge and stuff. So I, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a good one. No. I, <laughs> I remember my little study group. Another tip. If you're an extrovert, have a study group, but, um, homo, homo, it was associated with homocystinuria and we were, we remember it. Homo cystinuria is ah, B6. <laughs> and then I feel like vitamin C by this point, most people know and vitamin D most people know. So I'm writing that one down. That's really good. I was, um, I was very, I was able to remember the diseases, but I really struggled with connecting the metabolic syndromes. Yeah. Um, okay. You ready? Yeah, let's, let's go. Okay. Uh, question two, this is another one. A family of a two day old infant born at 27 weeks gestation is interested in giving donor human milk to their infant. The pediatric resident is uncertain about the components of human milk that are and are not preserved by the pasteurization process. Which of the following components is not preserved in the pasteurization process? Is it immunoglobulin M, B, sorry, is it immunoglobulin M, answer choice B, the oligosaccharides, answer choice C, vitamin A, Uh, answer choice D, vitamin D, or answer choice E, Vitamin E. So is it vitamins, oligosaccharides, or the immunoglobulins? Pasteurization probably means, right, it means you you crank up the temperature. So you heat up the milk. Yeah. Um, So then I'm going to say between immunoglobulin M, oligosaccharides, and then we have the ADE vitamins, basically. I'm going to go with uh, immunoglobulin. I think we spoke about that last week. Uh, that's correct. Immunoglobulin. And they actually made this question easier than it could be because they could have asked you which immunoglobulin. So that's important to know. Several important components of human milk are preserved even through the process of pasteurization. The retained components include uh, oligosaccharides, vitamins A, D, and E, lactose, long-chain polyunsaturated fatty acids, and epidermal growth factor. However, Older pasteurization process impacts the immunological properties of human milk. Lymphocytes, alkaline phosphatase, cytokines, and growth factors, lipoprotein, and some lipases are destroyed. Lactoferrin and lysozyme concentrations are reduced by at least 50% and 25% respectively. The immunoglobulins are impacted differently. While most of the immunoglobulins A and G are preserved, all of the immunoglobulin M is typically destroyed by holder pasteurization crazy crazy (laughs) so if we had to summarize this answer because you read it um you read it quickly um the process of pasteurization you will retain the oligosaccharides vitamin a Mm -hmm. d 
E lactose long chain polyunsaturated fatty acid the L the L what is it L PUFA is that what we call them yeah long chain yeah. polyunsaturated fatty acid and then epidermal growth factors so oligosaccharides ADE lactose long chain polyunsaturated fatty acid and epidermal growth factor and then the immunologic properties of human milk that's what gets affected through holder pasteurization lymphocytes lymphocytes alkphos cytokines growth factors lipoproteins lipase destroyed lactoferrin and lysozyme are reduced by 50% and 25% immunoglobulins are uh, uh, affected differently so ag are okay but m is the one that uh, gets mushed mushed there you go i'm trying you know that's good that's good i think the other important i have the chart open in front of me here from page 16 in the nutrition section um basically then the question they like to ask is about microwaving and almost everything is gone with microwaving um and you have reduction in iga lysozyme and vitamin c but Basically, nothing else is stable with microwaving. And that is why we tell people not to microwave milk. Yep. Okay. All right, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, are we done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> see you tomorrow. You see, this is where I'm so sorry. We're going to stop the episode right here. You text me during, during recordings all the time. I'm just texting you that I'm going to wrap up after this question. Uh, and you failed to read your text. I anyway. didn't. See you tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nikupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at nikupodcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.